Welcome back to Franchise Audio. This is Eddie. Yo, everybody. What's up? Thank you for coming back. This is Jay. So happy that you guys are joining us for another week. You know, we're just a couple days here into the new year. So fucking stoked to be back on here for you guys. I'm going to start off with um, Money Trees. I'm going to go right into it. This is going to be nice, quick, simple. TSA PreCheck, it's $85 for five years. I'm just letting everybody know. Enroll. All you got to do is put some information. And you get the membership for TSA PreCheck, meaning for the airports, every time you see that little TSA PreCheck that has no line passing through the airport, five years, 85 bucks, well worth it if you plan on traveling at least three times in the next five years, I would say. My, like, when you told me about TSA PreCheck, my favorite thing about it really was just the fact that I don't have to put my feet on the floor of, like, the rug or, like, that carpet in the airport anymore. Yep. That's always sketched me the fuck out. I don't know if that's ever like maybe tripped you out, but I'm always kind of like, man, I don't want to put my feet on, on this carpet. It sucks. But why is that on money trees? You know why? Because time is money, Doug. And you know how many. That is true. Un- I, you know how many lines I wish I could just evade in my life? If I have the option of evading this line, I, I'm going to opt into it. I'm going to tell you right now. Specifically the CVS line, too. Because oh, it's the always CVS there. Line, dude. And there's only one person always in CVS actually taking taking your uh, your payment. I would pay someone to show me how to evade the CVS line. You know what I mean? Oh, like it's just how is there just always someone there? It's congested. But I agree with you, bro. That that TSA shit is super sick. The fact that dude, five years, eighty five dollars. I know times are well, a little funky it. right now, so some people are probably thinking, "Who the fuck's going to be traveling?" But I did some traveling recently, and trust me, I would have loved to have that fucking TSA pre-check. You literally just go right on in almost, so it's the best thing in the world next to, yeah. like, bottled water. Bottled water is, is definitely the best thing in the world. And you know what What I think, in, in terms of, like, saving money, we got to take more of a look at? For the people that don't have, like, uh, debt, and they're using their credit cards and using their points and all that stuff... That is the key, because I just looked at a couple of cards that I had already, for example, and they give so ca- so much cash back on just the stupidest things that I pay for with my debit card. It's insane. It's insane, dude. I, I you get like I have a card that you get four times like points, which ends up being like over twenty dollars back per like two hundred dollar transactions on like restaurants and stuff like that that i'm always going to i'm always spending money in restaurants anyway as a consumer and i'm just thinking like long term yo i could have accumulated well over thousands of dollars from these people and that's why like we gotta kind of play the game against them you know we can't just be consumers and stuck in consumerism you kind of have to like twist uh corporate america at your side there's also um, so two things I want to just point out. One, it's a little fucked up because you are someone that goes to restaurants a lot. And I feel like you haven't really put me on to like any of them recently. You haven't been like, hey, you know what I tried the other day? Like I FaceTimed you earlier and you were eating sushi. And you should have been ashamed that I caught you at that moment eating sushi the way you were when you know how I feel about sushi. That's you are a man that loves sushi. No, I love it like no other. Okay. But that's whatever. That's regardless from the point. The next thing there's like the, how you said how you know we got to kind of twist you know corporate america's arm a little bit you know we got to make shit work for us the best way that we can there's also an app called the points guy that actually basically helps you do that like so like evaluate or you can like add like the cards that you have and it'll like analyze that for you and it'll kind of give you the best recommendations in terms of 
you know, you should use, you know, your chase card for restaurants. You should use your city card for entertainment purposes and, and things of that nature. You know, if you don't really want to go too heavy yourself into looking into all of your cards benefits. And I know we've mentioned, we've like name dropped like a couple like brands and things of that nature. We're not getting paid for any of this. It's just honestly just shit that we actually really fuck with. You know what the part that I don't understand about you? You told me that I haven't put you onto a restaurant lately, right? And that's yeah. that's fine. Like I gotta always get back around to that and hook you up. How long have you been you never do. this you application? Never do, how 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 long have you been holding this application super low key until right yeah. this moment? I've always told you this, and I've always been super transparent about our relationship. I feel like you don't always do the best things for me in this life. You know what I mean? I feel like sometimes you just you know you just you 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 piss me off in ways or with stupid things. That I'm just kind of like, does this motherfucker get to know about the points guy? Nah. Nah, he doesn't. It's just things like that that you tell the viewers that I've been waiting, I think, years to finally get out of you. And yeah. it's nice for them to hear it because I can't fucking believe this shit. Personally. I'm talking about the whole points thing. And now you come across with not only an application that you've, that you've heard of, but something that you heard of long ago that you've been using. A long time. I mean, two years? Is that a long time? Dude. Yes, that's a long time. We've been friends for much longer than that. I know, but the thing is, you weren't... I mean, you've kind of been a, a credit card guy, but I just... It was just... It's just like one of those things that you just don't think, like, someone else would value maybe as much as you do. So that's kind of like, you know, where that's at for me. You know, yeah, I fucking maybe screwed you a little bit of a couple, you know, bucks here and there. My bad. My bad. All right? I know I said you, I, you've done things to me. But I've definitely done things to you as well. So, you know, it's, it's, that's what I'm saying. It's a give and take what we have. You know, there's a little dirt done on your side, a little dirt done on my side, but it's all good. Look, I'll tell you what. You know who actually doesn't have to give a shit about points or credit or much of anything? Who? Elon Musk. He's the richest man in the world. He finally became the richest man in the world. Elon is, is, and I know we've mentioned him already a couple of times on this podcast, and we're going to continue to mention him until, until, until the end of time. Because, yeah. yeah, because he's running a, a company right now that has been, you know, since we're talking about money trees and everything, that has been very profitable, profitable for me in terms of like stock trading. Like, you know, it's been, uh, I've got like a nice investment, literally just buying a couple shares and holding it. Um, so that's been like really, really, really cool. But, the coolest thing about Elon Musk becoming the richest man in the world, and I, I kind of love this here makes me love the times we're in just a little bit more because the fact that we can get his reaction the way we did, it seems like some company, not not company, but like one of his uh, one of Tesla's Twitter accounts tweeted like that information, and he um like replied under it, uh, well, time to get back to work, and then that's it. That was the tweet, and I've never. And I've never seen Elon get excited about much that isn't the energy market or the passions he has for, for physics and stuff like that. But seeing him literally react on Twitter, like, oh, well, like time to get back to work. Just shows yeah. like the, le the level of dedication you, you, ha you have for something that the money isn't so much the be all end all. Like uh, people don't understand a lot of like Tesla's upbringing and all that was him fronting most of the money for it. You know, investors, of course, took their turns and stuff like yeah. that, and, you know, helping him out. But he set up a lot of his own money and he almost went bankrupt once. So I don't think he gives a shit about the point system or stuff, but I bet he's playing them the right way. I love the fact that you like brought that up, like him not caring about the point system and not like playing by it, because if he really would have cared, like 
the point system had him down bad for a long time. And now he has him up. But like, I feel like if he plays too much into that, it's kind of like it's it's worthless. You know what I mean? Because he he's yeah. very aware of like what it is he's trying to do, what it is he's trying to achieve, what it is he's trying to get done, and he's never cared about the point system. Like, very very like in tune with everything that's going on, and it's been pretty cool to see how everything's fucking growing for that guy. Yeah, he, first, he's uh he's moving a lot of weight in terms of um, production for the EV market. You know. I, I saw a video the other day that actually Nicole put me on, and it puts things in perspective for me in a big way. And it was a video basically about how the like perfect job doesn't exist, and um, people tell okay. you like, oh, follow your dreams. Like billionaires tell you like, oh, follow your dreams, and eventually like they'll pay off. And the video was basically like almost denouncing that in a sense. It's almost saying like, no, if you find something that you like. And you may not love it, like everything you're going to do has yeah. some issues with it, some problems that come along with it. But if you find something you're good at and you hone that ability and you hone that skill, then that in itself is something enjoyable. Like you don't have to fulfill every single dream you have or you don't have to chase after your biggest dream. You can actually just get good at a craft and do that. And over time, like you'll see the investment because of the quality of time you're putting into something that you're already good at. So there's a video denouncing like billionaires giving you the advice all the time of, oh, yeah, follow your dreams. You know, as long as you do this, you'll make money. Like it, it's it's like almost like a bullshit system in a sense. Like you should just find something that you like and you're good at and then practice that and hone that over time because no job is going to be perfect and no job is going to have like every single thing you've ever wanted. All the, like, all the qualities you're yourself. looking for. Yeah, unless you make that job yourself. You know what? I... I like to the core of me, like on my most like cynical, cynical days and things of that nature. I really do believe that, you know, like I because I, I feel like it's too draining, like how you're like how you're seeing the videos like point was like, you know, you can't try to make the perfect job and the perfect occupation for yourself because it almost seems like unrealistic and you have to like yeah. find the skill and then fine tune that skill. And, I, and I've and i been thinking about that a lot, you know, like man that, that that is kind of true because you look at like a lot of these jobs and what like a lot of these like rich people do or just people that have accumulated some type of wealth and i feel like it really just comes down to them fine-tuning a skill to whatever degree it is i think of someone like naval ravikant yeah and how he he was good at, he became really good at angel investing like that's not everybody's dream job but at the end of the day it's something that made him a fucking ton of money he got really good at predicting how much leverage he could yeah. use as a company's making him money as he was investing in the company. Yeah. You know, that's just yeah. one example. But now, like, he does whatever the fuck he wants. He has money to do that. But at the same time, he doesn't just openly, like, waste his money. He invests in things that he's curious about. And sometimes those things make him a ton of money and sometimes they don't. But he's just become really good at investing and he's honed that skill over time. Like, look at Warren Buffett, for example. These are yeah. just more examples of people playing uh, with investing in the right way that have legit made a lot of money off of it. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and it's funny that you bring that up because I had seen a stand up from Chris Rock recently, or was it an interview? I can't even remember. I was consuming a lot of Chris Rock the other day. Essentially just talking about like what that video speaks about, like let's stop telling kids that they can be whatever the fuck they want. Let's stop telling kids they can do whatever the fuck they want. Like people need to work jobs. Everyone needs to work like all these other jobs. Not everyone can be the next Drake, you know, or the next like Barack Obama. We need the motherfucker that is going to program some shit or, you know, 
the motherfucker that's going to be able to deliver like the Amazon packages and yeah. all these like different things. So like we basically almost like need to like become more realistic as a society, kind of like everyone needs to kind of maybe come down to earth a little bit more. In a sense, I agree, but I think technology will help us get more creative jobs. And I think that's the key. But in, in a general sense, like he's right, you know, you could have hobbies you're really passionate about. You don't have to make them work. Maybe making them work like ruins the hobby for you, you know, stuff exactly. like that. I think about. Exactly. Because when it comes to terms of like living your actual life, like you're not just an employee of a company, you know, for your life, you're multiple things and you should explore those multiple things and have different interests and different hobbies that kind of guide your passions. Um, I would like to almost disagree. I feel like at least in this country, you are like to a large, large, large degree, you are almost just like your place of employment, the way it's, it's set up for a lot of people. Like you literally get just enough to pay your bills and then to have to come back, you know, next time to make more money, to have to pay your bills again, that are never going to stop. Yeah, I, you know? I get that. I get that con like that concept. I think it's more like find a job that is that you're okay with the problems it has. So the yeah. amount of time you're there doesn't drain you from doing the things you want to do after. And if you have like a passion project that you're really passionate about and it has a like a like a sector, dude, I would take a risk and like make a business because that's the beautiful thing about being in America. You can actually take a risk and and use your your hobby that's as a business and you never know who's into it, man. There's a there's a market for everything. Like look at Pop Funko. That that's something that the last couple of years like I've looked at and it's just so insane to me. I have look like seven Pop of them myself. <laughs> like it's like people have a fucking million of those things. And all it takes is five thousand like five thousand people buying a twenty dollar product and you have over a million dollars in sales or um is five times two or a hundred thousand dollars in sales. Isn't that that seems so easy? Why'd you break it down like that? That seems too easy. I don't like that. Mm, I, don't like, I, don't like, I don't like how easy you just made that sound right there. Well, because you need profit margins. But you know what? Let me do the math on this because now I'm not sure. And it is $100,000. But 5,000 people buy a $20 product, that's $100,000. That it, it almost seems like not that much because you consider you know at least like 20 of your friends have pop funkles. You know what I mean? And they have multiple of them. And there's such a nice, like, little secret Santa gift that you could get for people. And they have all the categories you could imagine. So imagine, like, 50,000 people buying that product, right? Now we're talking about a million dollars. Now we're talking about 50,000 people, like, got that market advertisement. And they're like, oh, you know what? This is a great little secret Santa gift. Boom. A million dollar profit. Or, you know, depending on your margins. But that's a, I don't imagine those Pop Funkles take more than like $2 to make. There's no way. Yes, but you know what fucks me up about that is the fact that I get that some of these companies that are doing some of these designs may have like big money to play with. But who sat in a room and like looked like in, you know, in the boardroom and they're going through their, all their ideas and everything. And then they brought up the whole Pop, Pop Funko one. Did they really believe that it was going to be as big as it's been now? Like those type, those type of things trip you out. I'm sure I can like maybe look around the room and find like maybe four other things that shouldn't be maybe as sold or as hype as it is. And I'm not trying to say that about Pop Funko, but it just seems like such an unorthodox idea that I'm I'm just like one happy and two blown away that it's hit the way that it's hit. Look at what. It, <laughs> 
I say yes. The person that was behind this is like, everyone's going to love this. Everyone's going to love it. No one's going to not be able to like not say, no, I, I'm not interested in it. So Dan Levitar just recently got let go of by ESPN. And I feel like that is inc- like incredible. Like, because the fact is Dan didn't want to restructure the contract. And let me, let me catch everybody up on, on what Dan Levitard's show is and, and what it is um, in terms of how massive of a podcast it is. So Dan Levitard in just podcasts in general is about, I'd say, top 15, top 10 in just podcasts in general. If you look them up on Spotify, I mean, they might be way higher now, but before they got let go of by ESPN... Top 10 uh, podcasts in general in Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But now, oh, and also in sports podcasts, they were top three. Now, after the the go. The, it, it, Dan is amazing. But right after they got let go of VSPN, they're currently sitting top of podcasts and top of sports podcasts. It is incredible to me that they've made such a great brand off of almost like mocking sports and like just asking more serious topics and having fun literally just like dudes being dudes on a podcast and talking about serious things every now and then or getting real personalities to come on and give you like real vulnerable like questions and answers from those personalities and i feel like the show is so raw but even after getting let go of ESPN, like it just shows, like as long as you have a he brand, didn't get let go, bro. I don't. I mean, to a certain degree, maybe, but fuck that. They don't deserve to to say they let go of Dan Levitard. Well, I, I the thing is, is that he he left. Like he he for sure yeah. left ESPN, um, because they he wouldn't want to restructure the contract. And why he didn't was because they let Chris Cody go without letting him know. Yeah, they he was part of like a huge ESPN layoff, and he hated that. He felt like that was like a like a disrespect. Yeah, so they didn't inform Dan that one of his assistants was going to be let go of on the show. And Dan, over the weekend, his assistant got let go on Friday. Over the weekend, no, that's not, he's back. Not, no, no, he's not an assistant. Chris was a, he was a producer. He's a producer, but he got hired again as an assistant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan, Dan I, I had read that, that he hired him like on his own accord, like personally as an assistant. Yeah, because Dan has, uh, they, they call him the shipping container. So you have um, like three or four producers that come on and, and talk with him on the show, uh, with him and Stugatz. And they let go of Chris Cody, which is one of his producers, on Friday. Over yeah. the weekend, he hired him back as a personal assistant, paying yeah. him, cutting him money directly from his checks. While he, de- he decided by like, he just said to, to the entire team, I'm leaving ESPN. Are you guys coming with me? And everyone said yes, of course. And they let him handle the entire thing about leaving. That's put a lot of trust, all, man. Yo, put all their trust on Dan and and let him and let him legit take the show to where it's going now, which is they call it the the pirate the pirate show because they're just cruising along the waters waiting for a deal to come up. But it's it's now so free. Dan's drinking tequila at nine in the morning on the podcast, dude. They're probably I one. I hope they get picked up by Sirius uh, Radio, mm-hmm. um. So it's like a Howard Stern type of deal for them, and they'll there they'll get fat checks, and they'll really be able to do whatever the fuck they want with their show, which they should have been able to from the beginning. I'm not gonna lie though, a huge alert to me of Dan's show was the fact that it was all those things that you mentioned, but it was on like a serious network like ESPN. Yeah. And I was always like, I cannot believe ESPN lets him get away with all this shit that they let him get away with. But I honestly can't be happier 
for them, right? Um, and it's really just because I was listening to because you had texted me that, and I was like, wait, wait, what? So I fucking go and I like listen to like a recent episode, and just listening to them, they kind of seem they seem like super at peace and they and super happy and they sound yeah they sound happy they sound refreshed they sound ready to go and i'm stoked to see what the fuck they're gonna do right like like you had said like anyone that doesn't know who the fuck is the dan lebertard show it's basically it was a sports show that was on espn radio right the nucleus of the show is uh two hosts dan lebertard Stu Gatz. And Dan Levitard, the reason like me and Eddie love him so much, or at least let me speak for myself, was just the fact that Dan was uh, just a Miami kid. He's Cuban, right? Comes from Cuban parents. And he's someone that's always like stood for what he wants in this life, like creatively and just like personally with like decisions that he makes. Like, you know, and a perfect example is like how Eddie said that, you know, his producer got fired and he goes on to bring him on and hire him as an assistant. You know, it's just like things like that, you know, and like the way you said, like, like the way that they've always curated content over there on that side has always been like so admirable to me. And to be able to see that these guys, like, I think they're like in year like 15 or some crazy shit like that to see that in year 15, they still have all the camaraderie that they still have to be able to trust Dan and just leave a cozy spot like ESPN. The biggest wanna, sports network in the world. The biggest sports network in the world still want to work together, you know, still want to want to work around each other after all these years, you know, and just, I, I love seeing shit like that, dude, because I feel like you can tell a lot from um, someone how they, you know, they treat you, but you can see like even more of a person from like how they treat others. That's like, that's like something that I watch like specifically. So just seeing the fact that, all those guys still want to work with each other. They want to embark on this new journey with each other together is, is great. It's, it's just so refreshing to see that type of shit. Yeah. And you know, for the most part, Dan has had a rocky relationship with ESPN the last year. Yeah. Um, ever since, uh, you know, he's made controversial comments and I say controversial in quotations because, you know, he said things that I guess shouldn't be controversial that are just his opinion in terms of, yeah, um, things that he's seen wrong or things that he's seen like not right um, in terms of just not only the BLM movement, but just protests and um, situations in general going around the world. And uh, ESPN has wanted him not to talk about those things. They've fined him. They've suspended him for those things. And uh, yeah. it's nice to see Dan in, in a sense be like, you know what? This has been so like long and coming. I'm just going to step away. I'm going to ask the guys if they want to come with me and I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want now. Because everybody in sports like would be an idiot not to want Dan Lebertard. Honestly, like honestly speaking, with how smart that man is, he's yeah. just one of those personalities that no matter what you leave him with nothing. If you give him enough time, he's gonna make some shit happen. He's gonna make some shit pop off. Like you know, he can lose it all, and he I don't want to say he'll get it all back, but he'll he'll find a way to get some shit back and. That, yeah, like it's like you said, like people would be stupid not to want him on their team because he, dude, he's smart, he's charismatic, he's very dynamic personality. He, he has, cares he has about the, the content. Base. Yeah, he has the fan base, and like it's they're like his fan base, they're, they're cult ish. Like you know what I mean? Like very, very cult ish. Like 
ride ride really hard for like the whole show love the co- love the concept like if you understand that show like you 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 really dial dial in because it just seems so i don't even want to say so relatable but it just seems like a, a a great place to like go and like disconnect and just like like you know like indulge in for for some time yeah it's almost um it's just spoof radio it's spoof sports and you have personalities on it that you can relate to and it, it makes you go back but the the point that i wanted to bring that up was specifically because it goes to show that if you want to chase something or pursue something that you really believe in yeah and you have the ability to do so like it doesn't take a big company backing you cuz dude joe rogan like he has no company backing him besides his own yeah. and look where he's made it him Straight and his up. producer and that, think about a hundred million dollars to joe rogan like yo that's that's something that even if dan gets half of that you know what yeah. i mean like he, it's gonna be just a major contract just off of his brand so that's why i feel like it's so important to build a brand of yourself like make yourself like brand yeah uh, and then from there you kind of get to reap the benefits of what that brings we've talked about fifty thousand, uh fifty thousand um pop funkos going out the gate Yo, we're talking about almost like a million dollars in terms of of revenue. And that comes with the brand. You build a brand around a product. You build a brand around yourself. And the internet has made it so possible to make a living off of that. That's what's what's beautiful about it, Mm -hmm. about the internet. And and really, like, brand, like, I really resonate with what you're saying there. Because think about how, at least with me, like, some really big commercials or, like, really big ad campaigns have been around, like, a particular brand talking about how they're so much better at another brand at doing something mm-hmm. and that and the reason that they're doing that is because they know that you know what that other brand is and they want you to associate theirs as better than that so branding is everything you you brand correctly you put yourself in a i don't want to say a million but you put yourself in a couple of different positions that you wouldn't be in if you just didn't do shit at all and the branding can be, and I don't I, like in anything. I don't just mean like I don't mean like social media branding. I also mean like branding like at your workplace, like with your with your boss. You know, like branding with like your significant other as well. Like you want to think about that, like like three sixty. It'll get like, you promotions. It will get you for yeah, yeah. You always want to think about the type of person that you're you're projecting off as. Legitimately, like being well skilled in like social cues and conversation and. Yeah. You know, all those things that you work on, like the other day I was looking at Jeopardy and even on something like Jeopardy, you hone like your personality, your brand. And then yeah. you, they see you on something like Jeopardy. There was a guy uh, called Buzzy that he was um, a finance specialist. And, yo, he was on the show and he made over a million dollars just off of practicing trivia and being really good at trivia. His friends told him all the time, like, hey, you're really good at trivia. Like, why don't you practice? Why don't you go on yeah. Jeopardy? And look at that. I'm just saying, you know, the Internet and social media has made it very accessible for you to do things you're passionate about and kind of brand yourself and you should take and reap benefits off of that if you want to if not social media then in another way brand yourself and how you're saying in relationships at your workplace you could always make your brand and what's best is like you could change along uh how you go with it so that's how i wanted to close off franchise just giving you guys a little bit of inspiration you never know you could go from pop funko or you could go from espn and do something completely different but you could always make it you might be the richest man in the world. Shout out to Elon. Guys, thank you so much for fucking tuning in to another week of this show. We love it. We love it. We love it. We love it. We love we it. 
we love it. We can't get enough of it. No, but uh, realistically, just thank you so much for taking some time, you know, out of your day. Came to you, you know, quick little banger um, this time around. You know, um, tell a friend about us, you know, share this episode. It's the you new know. year, baby. Let's spread yeah. some fucking love. Yeah, share exactly. With a friend. Yeah, let's, let's share the good vibes. Share the shit with a friend. Let somebody know about it. Or just shout out to the heavens. Like, literally just walk out your door, open yeah. it, Last and just shout into the sky, franchise audio. Like, loud, just one good time. And I'll hear you. Trust me. I have really good ears. So, until next time, motherfuckers. See ya. Peace.